Lord, we now open ourselves to your word. We've asked for your presence. We've heard your word spoken. We pray that as your word is preached, um, that you would uh, send your spirit now and help us see truly uh, the state of your heart towards us, no matter what our condition. And I pray that as we see your heart, we would be drawn to your heart and we would be restored to you uh, in every way. We pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated, and uh, you can turn in your bulletins or Bibles to Luke chapter 15, our, our gospel reading for this Sunday in Lent. It's Luke 15, 11 through 32. Um, when my wife Laura and I were early on in our marriage, we were heading back from a family celebration in Rockford, Illinois. Have you guys ever made the trip between Rockford and Chicago on I-90? And... Um, we were making that trip, and we had stayed too late at the family gathering. It was, we'd stayed too long. We intended to leave earlier, um, and so it was after dark when we were, were on the road. And uh, early on in our marriage, didn't have a lot of money uh, on a grad school budget, so we were driving an old car. And uh, that old car on I-90 began to sputter a little bit, and uh, we began to, to kind of, like, get concerned. Sometimes you can just sort of, like, hit the gas pedal and get through situations like that. But, um, but it didn't work this time. And so as the car sputtered, we began to just sort of like get to the side of the road and sort of we, we got to the side of I-90 and, uh, and we're like, what do we do now? Now, um, uh, it, was, it was late, it was after bedtime and we were in a tight spot. And uh, what we had the idea, should we call Laura's dad? Now, Laura's parents were at the same party, but they had prudently left earlier and were now snuggled in their bed in the suburbs of Chicago. And it was like calling Laura's dad means getting him out of bed, and it means him driving all the way here, and it means a lot of, like, inconvenience on his part. But, like, the big question is, like, not how much skill he has or does, can he make his way here. We knew that was true, but what is his heart? Does he have a heart to be woken up? Does he have a heart to come all this way? Does he have a heart to come rescue his kids who are in a tight spot? Things are bad. <laughs> Should we call dad? You ever been in that spot? Things are bad. Should we call dad? And it all depends on the state of your dad's heart, the state of your father's heart towards you. Does he have a heart to help you in a tight spot? Does he have a heart to come to your aid? Does he have a heart to, uh, to give of himself generously? If he does, you'll be more likely to call him in a tough spot. You'll be more likely to turn to him when things have gone so wrong. And all of us have different dads. And as a dad, I can just say, sometimes our heart falls short, often falls short of where it needs to be. Jesus has a story for us this morning about the father heart of God, that God is a father, that that father has a heart, and that heart is turned towards his children. He wants us to understand it like he understands it. No one knows the father's heart better than Jesus Christ. They were very close. And so he put his father's heart in a story that could teach us about who to turn to when we are in a tight spot, when we are in a bad place. Um, so we're going to look at this story together um, in Luke 15. And the first thing that Jesus is going to show us about the Father's heart is that the Father's heart breaks. The Father's heart breaks. Look with me 
uh, at verse 11 of this story. Luke 15, 11, and Jesus said, there was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he, the father, divided his property. Um, you could even translate that, divided his life, his bios, everything he's worked for and sown into between them. And these two verses describe uh, a very messy breakup. A very messy breakup. And breakups break hearts, don't they? There's something about a breakup that breaks hearts. Family breakups break hearts. Right? Marriage breakups break hearts. Um, uh, Broken promises break hearts. Broken relationships break hearts. And the heartbreak is even more acute often if you're the one being broken up with, right? If you're the one, you're the one holding the bag of the relationship and the person decides, I'm not in this anymore. I don't want anything to do with this family anymore. I'm not bought in anymore on this relationship, on this partnership, on this romance, whatever it might be. If you're the one left, it's even more painful. The writer Mary Carr put it this way, I don't think any of us get off this planet without suffering enormously. And one of the chief ways we suffer is by loving people who are going to disappoint us and break our hearts. We are all heartbroken. It is the human condition. And it's true, isn't it? We can't get through this life and love people without having our hearts broken in different ways from different people, sometimes not expecting it at all. And and this younger son in the story is the one breaking up with his dad, breaking up the family. Um, and it's the father who's left behind. The father who, who is in relationship with his son is the one here left behind. Now, they're meant to stay together, this father and son. They're meant to laugh together. They're meant to work together. They're meant to trust one another. His father um, wanted to, you know, stick with his son through all these different stages of life. And like, but it, but it didn't happen. Because his son decided it's over. The younger son does something incredibly impetuous, um, even more so in uh, this culture that Jesus is speaking into, this this Middle Eastern culture, um, where he says, you know, give me the share of property. I mean, it would think about that. If you called your parent or, or or your kids called you and you were like, when are you going to die and leave me what you've got in your 401k? I know you've got money in there. What's mine? How much do I get? It would, I mean, it'd be so rude. This is what this younger son is saying is like, I don't really care about you anymore. All I want is your money. And in that culture, the money was bound up in property. And property was an extension of your life. And so this father had to liquidate his assets and, um, and like, pile up the coins, and and shove the younger son's pile of coins towards him. He didn't have to do that. He chose to do that. But what a heartbreak that would have been for this father. And then verse 13, you know, the younger son doesn't wait long. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country, and there he squandered his property in reckless living. So incredible shame is now brought on the father, 
um, as, the, as the community and village sees this taking place. And, and, but even more so, what a heartbreak it would have been to see your son leave. It's one thing for him to say, give me my money. It's another thing to see your son go. You know, the moment where he's walking away and you're just like watching. What a heartbreak moment. Now, the heartbreak goes a little bit deeper, and it's a mystery how much the father knew or didn't know, but verse 14 describes like what happened to the son when he made this choice, when he exercised his free will um, in a way that was really quite tragic. Verse 14, when this younger son had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into the fields to feed pigs. Like one of the filthiest situations you can imagine as a faithful Jew in the first century is like that you're in that you're with the pigs. You're in a far country and you're with the pigs. And then verse 16, and he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate. And no one gave him anything. Just imagine being far from home, absolutely broke and hungry, and, and there's a food shortage. The restaurants aren't open. Uh, the, the shelves in the grocery store are empty. You could beg for money, but no one's giving you any money. And if, even if you didn't have money, there's no food to be bought. So you take the worst job there is, and you're so hungry that you're eating trash. You're eating trash. And so maybe the biggest heartbreak for this father is that uh, not just that his son wished he were dead, not just that his son left, um, or even that he wasted his life savings, but that, but that his son is in such a hard spot. If this father loves his son, and this father does love his son, to just to know that your son is in this hard of a spot, or even worse, to not know, but to wonder how bad it is, what a heartbreak this is for this father. You know, it's, it's worth noting that God's fatherly heart breaks whenever we turn from him. And we've all turned from him, right? I mean, how many billions of people have lived and died on this planet? And yet every single last one of us, except for Jesus Christ, has turned away from the, from the father heart of God. And, uh, and, and because he loves us and really cares about us, it breaks his heart. Breaks his heart. Um, now, what normally happens when our hearts break? What's hap- what happened to you when your heart broke? You know what? We, it's like we close up, right? We start to close up because it's like that hurt too much. I don't want that to happen again. And so my heart's going to close up and get a little smaller. And we don't, we don't want that pain anymore. And that's very understandable. Yet what's interesting about this story is that with... Uh, with this father, when his heart, his heart didn't just break, his heart broke open. It didn't shut down, didn't close up. His heart broke open. The younger son uh, even kind of maybe knows this about his dad. It says, um, you know, in, in verse 17, when he has his wake-up call, what's the first thing that he remembers? Well, when he came to himself, it says, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, yet I perish here with hunger. So he knows, like, even in a famine, I know how my father operates. Even my father's servants in a famine wouldn't be starving. He would at least give them bread. 
He knows a little bit of his father's open-hearted generosity. It took a taste of the darkness to see it. It took pain to see it. And so he's going to, he expects his dad's heart to crack open towards him maybe a little bit. And so he's ready to humble himself just a little bit. You know what I'm talking about? My dad might come this far in, in forgiving me, so I'll do this much humility. And he cooks up a speech, verse 18, I'll arise, I'll go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son, so treat me as one of your hired servants. Let's patch things up, but keep our distance. But he, he knows about this much. He knows about this much openness. Like his father's heart might open up a crack, but he doesn't know about how, how, how uh, wide the door will swing open as soon as he close, uh, gets close to his father. You know, so much of our heart's condition is expressed through body language. Not always, but you think about it. Anyone watching the NCAA tournaments, tournament? Uh, you notice the body language of the coach when the players come back to the bench, right? If the players have done bad, the scowl, the get in here, time out, you've messed things up. But if the players have done well, ah! closed heart, closed body language, most of the time. Open heart, open body language. Now notice the body language of the father as soon as the son comes with an eyesight. Verse 20, and he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him, which means he was watching. He felt compassion, which means he had forgiven him. And he ran and he embraced him and he kissed him. Smooch, smooch, smooch. This father picked up his Middle Eastern garb and he did something which was shameful in that culture, which was he ran Fathers don't run. Grown men don't run. That's what little boys do. But this father didn't care about that. He didn't care about all of what people would think. What he was expressing was that he had an open heart towards his son. His heart broke, but it didn't break closed. It broke open. And so he had open body language. He had an open embrace. He had open eyes. He had an open heart. This father moves beyond just body language, just, uh, just a hug and a kiss and a welcome, and it moves towards addressing his son's um, physical and social condition. Verse 21, um, the, the son, you know, starts into his speech, Father, I am no longer worthy. Um, but the father says to his servants, verse 22, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. You know, he can see his, he can see his, uh, his bloody feet. He can see his ragged clothes and and he says quick you know like cover him in my in in my glory cover him in my shoes and and bring up put a ring on his hand and, and let's make sure that he knows and that everyone else knows he belongs here he's welcome here we're open to him here and this is such a picture of God's father heart towards us his heart doesn't just break it breaks open it's a father heart that's broken open for you and broken open for me, um, especially after we've broken his heart. This means that his eyes are open to our suffering. He sees, you know, he's watching us. He knows everything we're going through. And he's waiting for any sign of our return to him, any, 
any uh, sense in which our hearts would turn back to him, he's turned towards us already. And his arms are open to us too. His father arms are open to us. His wallet is open to us. Um, Not just meeting our physical needs, but restoring us to himself. He emptied his wallet. This father emptied his wallet. And the father heart of God empties his wallet, as it were, sending his own son who gave his flesh and his blood, who gave everything he had, just spilling out everything he had to get us back, everything he had to forgive our sin, everything he had to restore us to his family, to put his signet ring on our hands and to dress us in the robes of his righteousness and to welcome us back to his table. He just, it broke open. His heart broke open for us. But we can't end that here Because there's one last thing we need to see about the father heart of God. And it's pictured so well in the story. And that is that the father heart of God breaks open with joy. It breaks open with joy. Celebration. Um, This father's heart in this story might be broken. But that broken heart only deepens the joy of the return. It only deepens the celebration. There's a level of joy that is unattainable to us if it does not include some valley of pain and suffering. Valleys of pain and suffering give us greater capacity to celebrate and have joy in uh, reunions and in restoration. And the the joy of this father um, of finding his lost son is greater than the pain of losing his lost son. And it overflows into a party, a celebration. And and he wants wants everyone to be a part of it. Verse 23, um, he says, bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. Um, For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. One preacher helps us understand uh, the joy of this celebration by painting this picture. Imagine a huge barbecue, he says. Plates filled with hot bread, crusty bread, steaming vegetables and fresh fruit. Glasses clinking with wine. Music playing. Children running. Everyone dancing. Even the old men and the old women. Oh, there is so much joy. Can you see it? And see, this is what the Father's heart's driving toward. This is what he wants. Maybe this is the picture that he's been praying for in the long years that his son spent in a far country. It's like, one day, one day there'll be a celebration and all the family will come home again. And, and there, will be a, there will be a rediscovery and a joy. Not just, it's not just stasis. It's not just resuscitating once, what we once had, the happy years. Those years are gone. But there's something else that I'm hoping for and praying for. And it's this joyful celebration. That's what this father's heart breaks open into as soon as he finds his lost son. But this is hard for us if we have hearts that broke and then closed. Right? If we've, ever, if we've had a closed heart after, after, after our hearts got broken, To see someone with an open-hearted, rejoicing, celebrating heart is going to be difficult. It's going to be painful. And uh, and so that's where we find the older brother who's in the field. Verse 25, now the older son was in the field. You know, he's working, he's toiling. 
doing the business, um, being good. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. Notice he didn't even go in. He didn't even go in to the music and dancing. He didn't draw him in. It was like, whoa, whoa, what's that? Suspicious. Red flag. Okay. Verse 27. And his servant said to him, your brother has come and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. But his father came out and entreated him. But he, the older brother, answered his father, look, these many years I have served you and I've never disobeyed your commandment, yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. All right, so here's a hardworking and dutiful son working in the fields. He's wearing the father's clothes. He's living on the father's property. He's obeying the father's commands, but he won't go to the father's party. Why? He doesn't have the father's heart. He doesn't have the father's heart. His heart closed up and got smaller when his brother left. When his brother broke up with the family, he internalized it. He took it personally. He's got family pain. He's got faith pain. And now all that circulates inside of him is grievance and comparison and envy. He doesn't want his brother back. He certainly does not want a joyful celebration that includes his brother. His heart didn't break open in joy. It closed up in bitterness. And so you'll notice that even still, his father's heart goes out to him too. Verse 31 And the father said to him, son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad. For this, your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. See, the father's heart breaks open, not just to the the younger son who left, but to the older son, too, who is righteous and who is resentful. But he doesn't condemn him for that. He, he offers him his whole life. He's like, all that's mine is yours. And, and what's, what's his father's to give away, you know, besides what his son already has? Well, what's he inviting his older son to? Celebration, joy, forgiveness, gladness, overflow, feasting. Son, come into this reality. He entreats him. He he beckons him back. This is, this is grace, son. This is, this is my heart. This is my heart not just for him, but for you. I want you in the party. I want to see your dance moves. I want you to celebrate. Are you open to that? Could your heart open to that? And that is the father heart of God for you and I. For our hearts to, he knows our hearts have been broken but he wants them to break open with joy and celebration, with gladness, with lightness, not to minimize pain, but to bring it into its fullness, into its completion, to come out of the valley of pain and actually to to bring the pain into the gladness and bring it into the celebration. You know, Jesus still has his wounds, even in heaven. He's brought his 
He's brought his scars with him. And that's part of the victory. That's part of the celebration. And that's part of our story that's being written right now, this unfolding story where our broken hearts are brought into the joyful celebration that Jesus Christ has died, is risen, is coming again, and that he's making all things new. We belong at his feast. We belong at his table. He wants to see our dance moves. I'll never forget the moment when uh, Laura's dad uh, pulled up near us. He was driving on the other side of the highway trying to get to an exit so that he could exit and turn around and get to our side of the freeway. And as he passed us, we heard uh, this honking. Bam, 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 And it was kind of like his, you know, his nonverbal honking way of saying like, I'm here, I'm here, I found you. I'll be there in just a few minutes. We woke him up. He was sleeping, got him out of his bed. He brought his tools. He brought all of his stuff. Uh, But more than that, he brought his heart. And he helped us in that tough spot. And he was glad that we turned to him when things got bad. This is the father heart of God towards you and I. Um, You know, one of my favorite songs uh, from our week uh, in Teze, we went on the pilgrimage to Teze, and uh, we sang a lot of songs. One of my favorite songs um, is in Italian, and I won't pronounce this right, but here's my best attempt, Il Signore Ti Ristora, Il Signore Ti Ristora, and the lyrics in English are roughly translated this, it is God who restores you, God never pushes you away. God comes out to meet you. God comes out to meet you. And, uh, you know, it's it's true. However, we've broken the Father's heart, either by being really bad or by being really good and resentful. However, our hearts have broken up and closed up and maybe just feel dead inside. He comes out to meet you. He comes out to meet me. He doesn't push us away. He comes out to restore us. Um, he comes out to forgive us. He comes out to help us in a tight spot. Where are you at today? Where's your heart at? Is your heart at all turned away from the Father heart of God? Uh, He sent Jesus to come bring you back, to come restore you, to forgive you. You don't have to hide from him. He wants to bring you into his celebration. He wants to clothe you in his righteousness. He wants to feed you at his table. He wants you to be surrounded by your family and friends, the people of God who love you and don't push you away either. Um, So for all of those whose hearts have closed up in some way, also, he wants you back too. And and it might be painful for your heart to open back up again, forgiveness. He'll help you through that. And he's not going to push you away. So let's come together back to the father heart of God. Things are bad. We can call dad. His heart is open to us. Let's come back to the table together. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.